Welcome to Pair at the Point, the Pittsburgh Penguins podcast of the Faceoff Hockey Network. Follow us on Twitter at Pair at the Point and at the FHN. Visit thefhn.net for daily hockey articles and casts. All right, so we are super hyped this week because we got to go to Cranberry for the first time in two years and see some live hockey. So that was really exciting. Uh, Even though it was just development camp and we didn't really know a ton of the players, it was still really fun to go and see Penguins players live. Also, sorry if you hear our cat. She decided to guest host this episode and she doesn't want to leave. So anyway, uh, we have our pumpkin spice lattes and football is on and hockey is coming. So we are really excited. Uh, yeah, it's just a blast to get down there. I mean, the cranberry rink is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, the kids were all playing, uh, you know, like a five through eight year old, a couple games, many small games in the other rink while, you know, these 19, 20 year olds are playing over on the big rink and, you know, there may be 40, 50 people there and a couple media folk and we were there taking notes and it was great to have some first impressions and really just feel the, feel the coolness of a fresh rink and see the Zambonis go across. Just the whole atmosphere was great. All right, so we listed the entire development camp roster in our show notes, so you could check that out if you want to see the full roster of everyone who participated in camp yesterday and um, through, I believe, Tuesday is their last day. Um, and just also to note why we're on this subject, regular camp starts Thursday, the 23rd, and the Pens did release uh, everyone that was invited to that. It's on their Twitter. Uh, we retweeted it from our Twitter as well, so you could check that out. And kind of see, I think there's over 50 people invited to that camp. And uh, I think all but four of the development camp people are going to be there. So you're going to get to see these people again uh, a little bit later next week. But uh, today we're just going to focus on development camp and all of the people we observed yesterday in Cranberry. And there's also, um, just one last note, uh, the development camp roster was really trimmed uh, to those A, that could make it, and B, that hadn't really been to one or t- more than two before. Uh, I think Alex Diorio was the most tenured person. Well, and there. he wasn't even on the original list. So I think earlier in the week I tweeted out the the list, and Drew O'Connor was on there. That was a mistake. Uh, Ortiz defenseman was actually supposed to be on there, and he was at camp yesterday. Drew O'Connor was not, but of course he'll be at regular camp next week. And then yeah. Uh, Alex DeOrio was not on the list and he was at camp yesterday. So and I don't know if that was a last minute thing we decided to do, but yeah, he, he was invited and he participated yesterday. There were some prospects on there that just, you know, haven't been to development camp and just didn't come on um, like bros. Uh, who we just drafted, uh, Callie Klang, uh, the goalie from Sweden. Uh, so just, uh, and there's others that are there that are maybe going to fight for a roster spot like Yorkquist, uh, who will probably be at the full training camp, but just couldn't make it to this. So. so going into camp before before we got there, uh, when looking at the, the roster and and kind of what, you know, what our prospect pool looks like, my main takeaway was the lack of center depth. They're not even listing Hollander as a center, so we literally had two centers participate in development camp, which for me, that's alarming, uh, especially when you're looking at, you know, the start of the season. Obviously, none of these players are going to maybe a few of them but most likely none of them are going to make the team or you may have you know one or two make the team because of our injury situation but when you look at you know starting a season without Crosby and Malkin 
you really realize how important center depth is and the lack of it in the development in or in the prospect pool really makes me scared yeah i i think it's something that really stems from our team and organizational philosophy that we've already had a one and two center so we didn't need to draft those for many years and to be fair they didn't um they knew that crosby malcolm was going to be there as our one-two punch so you didn't need to draft anything anybody that was really going to top out beyond you know a number three c so we haven't drafted for that and now we're starting to pay the price uh i think poulin and hollander are really the only two that uh were expected to make a push prior to this uh and i i think they're both outside shots but uh we can discuss as we get into yeah and the other things we were looking at going into camp where um, obviously excitement for Poulin and Legaray, seeing them and how they've developed and, and kind of, you know, grown as players and people over the last couple of seasons. That that was something we were looking forward to. We were also looking forward to see Philip Lindbergh, the goalie that we got from UMass. Uh, we were expecting big things from him, so uh, seeing getting, getting to see him was super exciting. And then, yeah, we were very, uh, I don't know, we were excited and interested in seeing Philip Hollander, uh, just kind of how he's changed since leaving the Pens and coming back and and kind of seeing if he was ready to make that step and, and, and make the team for the opening night roster without Gino and Sid. All right, so I guess just stepping off here, you know, let's, let's talk about some of the people that surprised us. Uh, so I had two names and you had two names, uh, a, a folk that we think that could be real contributors down in Wilkes. So for me, um, we had Felix Robert and Josh Williams. Um, no, sorry. Uh, you you were Felix Robert. Yeah, I really liked... Let's just talk about him. Uh, so Robert was playing a lot with Poulan, and I thought that they looked really great together. He just looked speedy. He looked shifty. Like I just thought um, he, he kind of showed that extra jump that a lot of the other players were, they were all looking a little, it was their first day. So I thought they were looking a little reserved. Um, I thought Robert just had that extra little zippy speed that a lot of the other players didn't have. And, you know, that could be a very interesting line down in Wilkes-Barre. It could do a lot of damage. So yeah, I really liked him. And then I really also, uh, while we're on me, I liked Shevkovsky. I can't uh, say that. Shevkovsky. Yeah. yeah. But he's actually was born in Tampa. Uh, he, he just looked good too. He for kind of the same reasons. I thought he looked really speedy. He had nice hands, and he, I think, gave me a little bit of like Connor Sheary back when he was in Wilkes-Barre vibes, like just kind of annoying and and agile. And I think that he could be an interesting one to watch uh, for for Wilkes-Barre as well. So background on these guys: Felix Robert, uh, He's one of those Q guys that's undersized that put up like a million points. He put up 92 in his in his overage year, 92 points in 46 games played, which is just crazy. You know, it's two points a game, but you know he he went down and started last year in Wheeling. He got called up, uh, 17 points in 27 games for Wilkes. Just you know he he could get provide some decent scoring depth down there. He's definitely got some flash and some skill, and they needed that uh, because they had a horrible time scoring down there last year. Right, right. Uh, and Svechkovsky is another guy who's just small. He's five nine. So, I what I said when I saw him skating, I I literally was instantly like, "Seth, that looks like Connor Sherry." But to his credit, I mean, he did put up 
you know, point per game numbers his last two years, really, uh, in the WHL with Medicine Hat. So, I mean, he's got some scoring touch in a league where it's we, tight we saw it. he had some some really really nice shots yesterday, and you know he he was scoring on all the goalies, so it wasn't like he was just you know lighting up some of the lesser skilled goalies. He he looked really good, and you know I think he was kind of flying under the radar because you have bigger names out there like like Poulin and Legere, but I really thought he he looked really good. So Robert was undrafted, obviously at five eight. Uh, that's a huge reason why coming from the queue. But do you think Svechkovsky was fourth rounder last year? Do you year. think either of them looked significantly out of place size wise? I wouldn't have I, known. I personally, I wouldn't have known how tiny they were unless we looked it up. I I noticed it with Robert more than I noticed with with Svechkovsky. Svechkovsky looked smaller, not in terms of height, but in terms of muscle mass. He he looked like he just yeah, needed to bulk up. Yeah, and I mean he he yeah, and that that could be something you know he works on. But I I just don't think they looked terribly out of place with with other prospects. Well, and I I like the idea that they're not really going the direction which much of the league is or at least they haven't last couple of years which is that they're looking at prospects who are undersized even if they have to sign them undrafted if they're putting up numbers they're going to go give them a shot to develop and one thing i do want to mention before we get too much further is just how professional the whole thing was and you know we really don't have a lot of a prospects these are cd prospects you know some totally off the radar of other NHL franchises. And I have to say, like, they give everybody the feeling like they belong there and they give them drills, which have a lot of real in-game applicability and they move through them quickly. Well, even like our coaching staff, I mean, like our, our assistants and, and Mike Sullivan were up watching from the box with Ron Hextall. But, you know, the coaches who were working with these guys, you know, just like the stick taps and, you know, everyone you could tell, even though it was, it was kind of like their first day of school, like you would expect some nerves, but everyone seemed really relaxed and, and really focused. And yeah, super, super professional environment there. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't feel like it was boot camp, which I've seen with other development camps. Yeah, I agree um, with that. I felt like it was a crash course, but they were making it as uh, supportive it, as they could. It didn't feel any different than a midseason NH, NHL roster practice it's like just a, for me it look, felt it felt very relaxed and and the tempo i mean they were crunched for time yeah I think, right of course was a little higher but the atmosphere was still pretty yeah. calm so yeah. i appreciated that because you know we've made something out of these nobody wilkesbury prospects in the past and i think returning to the, if we're going to be able to return that and find some hidden gems i mean ultimately that. that's what helped us win the cup in 16 and 17 yes yeah. it's, it's these prospects that nobody really thought would do anything that have turned out to be huge role plays on our team now and have have really helped us you know get to the success that we're in so So for me uh, one guy who stood out is like he could be put up some serious numbers in Wilkes this year and I've never heard anybody talk about him unsigned guy Josh Williams uh out of the Edmonton Oil Kings he has ranged for a guy with who's only 6'1 um, he's 20 years old. Uh, he's got a right-handed shot. He looks like he could put up s- some significant offensive totals just by crashing the net and, um, you know, really working down low. You know, he's definitely a couple years away, but, you know, having somebody who's, you know, a shifty kind of uh, winger who, who goes to the front of the net, um, even if he's, you know, tops out as a fourth liner, I think he's an interesting guy that um, they might have found, you know, kind of way off the radar. You know, he put up 
30 points in a, a 22 games in the W in his overage year. So before they shot everything down. So, I mean, who knows? He's interesting. He's got some. He's got some goal scoring touch. Another guy with um, the ability to score some goals, uh, John Gruden, and I think he's going to be. I'm, I'm going to make this prediction. I think he's going to be the leading scorer down in Wilkes. It's got to be him or Allegri. I really do believe that because I think Poulin's going to be up and down depending on our injury situation and whether we use a taxi squad. I don't know what the situation is with that. Uh, but I think it's going to be between uh, Gruden and Legaray, as and Gruden is just older, so, and uh, he's already put up some decent-ish numbers. He only had 14 points in Wilkes over 32 games, but you know with the London with the London Knights, he he looked great. Uh, 66 points, 59 games played. The thing I noticed about Gruden is he was slotting in with Poulin and Legaray, and he made them both look better uh, when he was running drills with them. And his passing's tight. Uh, he's he. He finds holes in the goaltenders uh, very easily. He just has a natural knack uh, to, to uh, in and around the net. He just looks comfortable, and um, I, I'm looking forward to him being really fun in Wilkes as a center. Not a big guy whatsoever. He's you know definitely needs to put some mass on if he's going to make the the big show as a 4C or something. But uh, he's got some touch, so I'm interested in him. All right, so those were the I think the unexpected standouts for us and then of course we want to talk about you know who everyone knows about and and how they performed yesterday when we saw them and obviously it was a small sample size like hour and 45 minutes but um and many of them it's just drills I mean yeah they weren't full scrimmage uh it wasn't full scrimmage play that will be Tuesday yeah but I think the number one standout for both of us was Poulin uh he just looks ready or close to ready for me I think he he definitely looked out of place with everybody else in in a good way he he looked like he could be practicing with with the big club and the main standout for me was his passing he looks like a Pittsburgh Penguin passer you know that that really sharp crisp passing that we're all used to especially you know how we see it on the power play and and you know up the ice he just was on it and I I thought that was really great uh he also for me looked a lot bigger than I remember him looking Mm -hmm. um so he's definitely bulked up and I think that that's going to be a huge thing when it comes to if he can make the team going into the start of the season or not so I have a little bit I guess more reservation than you however I was really encouraged by the progression that I did see. I, I'm not saying he's going to be on the top line. No. I'm just saying I think he has a chance to come come through camp, training camp, and and make the team. Yeah, I think he could steal a roster spot. My, my worry with him stealing a roster spot and not starting down in, in Wilkes is that it could reset him and all the upward momentum he's had because I think the bottom of our roster is going to be a little sketchy to begin, and if he's not put in a position to succeed, some of his... Uh, shortcomings I feel like it could you know it could uh it could hurt him I, I really haven't seen him in the defensive zone all that well uh but in the offensive zone down low I loved the way he was looking for passes and seams I do think he he he's just he's a natural big-bodied playmaker and he he wants to find space and, and get the puck to somebody in open ice so I think the the best, uh, the biggest thing for him, other than um, continuing to develop his shot and his release, is board battles. He needs to 
I saw a couple drills where there were dump-ins or they were, they were trying to uh, get a D up against an, uh, a forward, and Poulin very rarely came away with it, which he's, he's better at protecting it once he has it, but if it's a 50-50 puck, I think he needs to figure out different mechanics uh, to, to come away cleanly and exit the zone with, with a, uh, or exit the area with a puck. And that'll come with time. So that's why I'm, I'm a little hesitant to say, oh, yeah, let's just throw him into the third line, fourth line situation because he could get burned. And I just don't want to see that because um, they've developed him so well, obviously. But, yeah, he, he definitely took my breath away a couple of times with some with some snipes, with some uh, really handsy deflections. Even Hextall one time was like aghast at how good his uh, his his hands were him, in front of the Hextall net. and uh, Sullivan were were up there together most of the most of the practice. And they at one point looked at each other and smiled like I think they know they have something that's potentially special with him. I, I think the key is just going to be to not mess it up. For, for the coaching staff. So talking about something special, let's let's move on to leg array. Yeah, so kind of the opposite for me, um, opposite type player than Poulin. Poulin's more like, I think, all around, you know, he can kind of do a little bit of everything. But leg array was absolutely special in a different way, I think. He just has some offensive flair that, you know, you didn't notice him for 10 minutes at a time. And then all of a sudden he goes to a one knee clapper and it's like, oh my God, what was that? Like, I, I think for me, if I had to compare him to someone that we all know well, it's it's Gensel. He's going to be a goal scorer. Yeah. I mean, he just, he wants to score goals and that that is his MO. I can already see him finding a really nice niche down in Wilkes if they start to find a groove. Uh, they put him with the right people. He just needs more time. He, it, we both use the word raw when we talk to each other. He still looks raw um, because he's. It's, get- it's almost like he has all this talent bottled up, and he's not really sure how to like release it in the right ways. Which I mean, that I think that's a good thing because I think with some coaching and direction, he could really turn into something very, very special. So, I, I really liked a couple times in practice. He gave goalie snow showers, but he stops hard at the net, really hard at the net which I didn't notice from him in his uh, like his prospect package, right? So he definitely has learned that from the last time he's been with uh, the Penguins crew that you need to, to go to the tough areas. So he's less of a perimeter player, which I really like. However, I still think in zone he needs to learn some things. Uh, he just doesn't seem to feel like he naturally fits into a cycle. He, he's more of a rush player at this point, so he needs to... He needs to learn systems. He needs to learn how to break down uh, defensive coverage in zone so he can get himself free to release those sorts of shots. And that's just going to come with time. He's just raw. Like, But, man, I, I really think his ceiling is a top six winger. I really do. I agree. It's just I don't know if he's ever going to get there. He could spend his whole career down in the minors, or he could be a 25-goal guy. I don't know. Um, I Like I said, I think it's all going to depend on how – he's utilized in our organization and how we continue his development Yeah, because we can completely mess it up. Or like I said, I think he can turn into a Jake Gensel. Yeah. He's just not there yet. Um, I think he, there's a danger that he could get hot in training camp and push himself into a situation where they're, they want to give him a look. And I think that would be the worst thing for him. I really do. Uh, he needs, he needs time to, to grow uh, with some, some veteran players down in Wilkes. I really do. All right, so the other big name I think that everyone kind of is watching out for is Philip Hollander. 
obviously we got him back in the McCann trade. He originally went to Toronto in the Kapanen trade. So uh, we drafted him and he's back. My biggest takeaway was that I did not notice him, which is alarming because I think out of everyone in this development camp, he's the one we're going to need to make the roster opening night because of injuries. So he identifies as a left wing and he said in an interview that he thinks that the Penguins also see him as a left wing. But if you look at our center depth without Crosby and Malkin, um, I think everyone, I mean, at least me, I was expecting him to play center. Yeah, I mean, when we drafted him, I guess he was with he was with Timmer then. He's now with Lulea over in uh, the Swedish Elite League. He, I mean, he was supposed to be a center. The problem with him, right, is he's going to be this two-way threat, right? He's never going to be a, a big goal scorer. But could he slot in? I think they wanted his high end to be a, a really good 3C. And... To me, now it's looking like he's just kind of a two-way left wing, you know, maybe top nine. Uh, I don't know. I think he he didn't really get the chance to showcase his defensive game in the drills that we saw. So I'm really not too worried about that. I, I do think the position issue is is more of a concern because we really don't have the depth there, and he was the one guy... Uh, that I, we were kind of slotting in as he, he can, he, he he's going to top say, out as a four C. He did maybe, say but. I can play center, but he seems pretty resigned to the fact that he is a left wing and that the Penguins organization thinks he's a left wing, which for me doesn't really make sense why we would have gotten him back unless we were thinking he was going to play center. But well, I don't know. My my biggest concern beyond the fact that you know he's not going to put up a ton of goals and I I think his release could use some work is his skating his skating looked really weird and yeah. i don't know he he seemed to lumber around the ice when they were they were trying to encourage uh quick starts and and acceleration he was one of those players that i saw among a couple of the younger prospects you know the 18 19 year olds that really struggled to get a quick start and he never really achieved that top speed that um you would hope for from you know uh, an A prospect. So I think that's going to be a bit of a concern, especially if we're going to stay with a speedy sort of forechecking uh, two-way style is, you know, how effective is that two-way style going to be if you're just standing in the neutral zone and you're not able to get in on the forecheck? Uh, I don't know. He, he's, he's a big question mark for me right now. Uh, I know that the Penguins organization loves him. And again, we didn't, I mean, a lot I, of the, I think we need to see him in a scrimmage. Yeah. Uh, he's one of those players that I think is is smart but he isn't necessarily the most athletically gifted uh he just has a, a decent frame um but he's not going to blow by anybody so he's gonna have to find other ways to be uh, a productive third liner fourth liner uh and the fact that he's not working up the middle and he's going to be working on the wing i don't know how that's going to fit into our system uh we'll see the other forward uh that we noticed but obviously needs way more time is Pustinen. He uh, has great hands. He's kind of flashy and exciting. Um, he is very small as of right now. Um, and it's just too early to tell, but kind of someone to keep your eye on, I think, as as the seasons come. Uh, yeah, no, he had a great year in Liga uh, over in Finland. He was a seventh rounder, so the fact that he's even on our radar still uh, is a good thing. 
uh, 41 points in a men's league in 51 games, right-handed shot. But he just, to me, even though he he definitely put up some numbers with men, he just he's gonna have to adapt to the North American style, which always seems to take some time, and he just looks tiny. I I, I worry about him down in Wilkes, you know, with a couple other small guys, uh, and Robert Svechkovsky. I feel like, you know, they may get pushed around a bit. And he he looked the tiniest of the three to me at times. Um, so we'll see we'll see how that pans out. I, I don't have I, I don't have as much faith that he's going to really be able to crack anything uh, as some others do. Uh, his numbers offensively are nothing to shake a stick at, but I don't know. It, it's just it's hard to break in when you're that tiny to an NHL roster, and you know maybe he's just one of those guys that you never hear of again. All right, so we're going to move to defense now. And just to preface defense, there's not a lot going on. Uh, also, granted, they didn't really do a lot of drills to focus on the D. But, yeah, there's not there's not a lot going on. No, so I think it's important to note that Cam Lee is 24 and Nicholas Almari is 23. So for both of them, this is going to be a really important year to see whether or not the organization is going to stick with them. Cam Lee, I think, has carved himself out of role as a borderline top pair guy in Wilkes. Almari is just coming over from Finland, and you know he got parts of uh, different seasons in with uh, Wilkes, but to me, he just he's not impressive. I, I hate to say that, but like his skating is really mediocre. I didn't see him find shooting lanes in the in the drills that were supposed to encourage that. Uh, Cam Lee, he looks physically ready. Like if we were in an emergency scenario, I think he could step in and look all right, uh, like as a tenth D. But like, I I don't know. I I don't think there's much upside there either. I mean, we we shouldn't be too concerned about this year because we have. Ricola, we have Ruido, we have Pio Joseph. So, you know, we have people who are going to take those 7th, 8th, ninth spots. So, not too concerning for this year, but very concerning for years to come that there is just no nobody in, in the prospect, prospect pool. And, you know, you wouldn't even really consider Lee and Almari in the prospect pool at this point because they're old, older. So, you know, they're going to be in their, you know, quote-unquote prime in the next couple of years. And after that, we just have nobody. So, well, there, there's the one guy that we just drafted that I was really impressed with, with one caveat. I liked Isaac Bellavo. Uh He was our fifth-round pick this year. Uh, came out of the queue, was in Gatineau and Ramuski. Never put up a, I don't know, in Ramuski, the one year he did put up a ton of points. The last two years had both been significantly shortened, so we can't really, or the last year has been significantly shortened, so we can't really say a whole lot, but... To me, he has something as a power play quarterback or as a, you know, an offensive D that you really can't teach, which is just finding his forwards in stride, looking for shooting lanes, uh, adjusting his shoulders and hips uh, to the defender that's blocking a shooting lane. There's something shifty about him that I'm really impressed with. Uh, especially from an 18-year-old, because he was doing some of those drills better than the 24-year-olds. I think where he uh, needs to improve the most is his speed and acceleration. He 
you know, it would take him a couple of steps to kind of get get moving. And we I that think that's kind of what we witnessed with Hollander as well. Yeah. Just just kind of sluggish at you know, when he would first start to go. Um But And to, even once he was going, it just he seemed a little skatey through mud, I thought. Yeah, I think that uh, he's in a decent spot because he's so young. Uh and because of his style, right? It's going to encourage him to skate with the puck as much as possible. So I hope that, you know, he's put in a position to succeed. Uh, I hope he goes back to, I believe he's able to go back to the queue for another year. And if they can get a full season without any COVID lockdown uh, delays or anything like that, that should be the best thing for him. Cause that's a skating league. And, you know, if he could, if he could have been a, a more well-rounded skater, I think he would have gone second or third round. I really do. He's got some potential, and I, I think they found a decent uh, Latang successor in the making there if they develop him perfectly. Uh, that I think that's what they're going for, and it, to me, there there's some there's some assets, uh, some hockey IQ, some there. parallels for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm intrigued by him. Uh, he's definitely somebody to watch. So if you get the chance to watch any Q games, Gatineau, uh, should be interesting. He's going to get some, uh, power play time, obviously in, in his senior year. So finally, I wanted to talk about goalies. So obviously Deorio, he's had some struggles in the last couple of seasons, but I thought he looked pretty, pretty good yesterday. Uh, he, I mean, he's always kind of had good camps, so it's it's hard to say with him. But I think he, he, there's nothing nothing really stand out, but nothing terrible yesterday. I don't think he's gonna have as disastrous a, an outing as he did the last couple. Yeah, I, I think he'll be okay. He he looked pretty solid, but the main the main goalie that just completely impressed us yesterday, which we were so excited to see, was Lindbergh from UMass. He was so good. I need to talk about what the heck happened with Minnesota. Why did they let this kid go? I, so he was a seventh rounder in 2019, and I just don't think they ever signed him. So bizarre to me because he, as soon as they decided not to sign him, he went crazy, and uh, this UMass team went and won a national championship, and he put up the best numbers of a goalie in a long, long time with a 9.49 save percentage. Uh, just turned 22. Um, and again, you know, he, 10, one and four, he went, uh, in the NCAA in the frozen four tourney. That's like crazy. So to me, I, I loved his lateral movement and how much control he had of both his lower body and his upper body. He didn't look like a prospect. He looked like he belonged and he didn't even really need a lot of coaching like a lot like the other prospects they you know the coaches would go over discuss when they'd come back they'd 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 discuss they'd coach he was just kind of running the show and just looked so calm so solid and didn't make any wrong moves no so uh, there was brochu uh it was really noticeable right because brochu i guess was an invite and he was like over pushing it was it was a rebound drill where in tight they had to go from one post to the other to get to a rebound uh, off their block or off their glove. And Brochu was over-pushing every time, which is a common mistake uh, that goalies who are, you know, are trying to be athletic and make a rebound save, they're going to over-push and they're going to lose their net. Lindbergh didn't lose it once, and they must have run that drill 20 times. And 
he was always in perfect position. Didn't matter. And later in the, later in the uh, day, towards noon, some of these bigger prospects were trying to do dangles on him. They were doing one-on-one, like, short breakaways, basically, uh, from, I don't know, the dots in. And he was making saves on these guys like it was it was nothing. He, he, he moves with such, I don't know, he's so conservative in how he moves that he never loses his squareness to the shooter. And for somebody so young, that's really impressive. He tracks the puck phenomenal. Do you think he has a chance to be like our number three? To take the reins in the A? Well, because, okay, obviously we have Jerry and Smith. But who's going to be our backup to them if one of them gets injured? So, well, who who's the starter for Wilkes-Barre next year? Well, we have Louis Domingue who's kind of sitting out in the taxi squad. So if there is an injury, I imagine he would take the backup role, uh, even though he hasn't had many games. So keep in mind we have Joel Blomquist and we have Callie Klang, uh, Blomquist in Finland, Callie Klang in Sweden, who are both very good prospects, who won't be here. So... We have Diorio, who will likely be the backup in Wilkes, and will take a lot of the game's pressure off of whomever they share with. I think it's going to be between uh, Napier, and it is going to be between Lindbergh. Well, and Lindbergh might even start down in Wheeling, and I think he could take a Casey DeSmith-type route where he starts all the way at the bottom and ends up. I mean, maybe not this year, but I think he's going to end up in, in the big club. Well, Napier, Napier had just been signed to Wilkes-Barre, and he had been in development camp a couple years back. He, again, didn't impress me uh, at all. Uh, I really wasn't looking out for him. So I think it's 50-50 on which one they go with. It, it might be Lind- with... Lindbergh's for the taking, Yeah, honestly. I really, uh, I think he could be. Uh, Diorio is definitely going to tandem with one of the two, and the other right. is going to start in wheeling. So uh, whoever is doing the drafting and scouting for the goaltender uh situation is is really on top of it It has been for some time so a credit to our scouts for really finding some phenomenal prospects clang in particular uh at the international level has been exceptionally impressive and before that we had gustafson uh who we traded away to ottawa but again super impressive they know how to find gems at at the goaltending position and we've been flushed there for some time. So I, I'm excited to see that next wave of prospects really uh, take the reins. Okay, so that's pretty much all we, you know, saw at training camp. We hope that we can catch I, – I don't know if the scrimmage on Tuesday is going to be uh, streamed, but hopefully it is so we can catch it on stream. We both work, so we can't go up there on Tuesday, unfortunately. But uh, we do hope to get up to Cranberry again this coming weekend for training camp. And we can bring you some, some news from there. I, we're thinking maybe maybe Saturday or Sunday for that. And I think they normally scrim every day at training camp. At least if it starts on, on Thursday, they'll definitely be scrimming by Sunday. So hopefully we'll be able to see a scrimmage there. And we'll be able to see some of these younger players in, in an actual scrimmage with some of the older veteran guys. Yeah, I think it's limiting. I mean, you can really make some notes about offensively, how are, how are people looking? Do they have a nose for the net? Can they make crisp passes? Are they uh, skating well? Do they look bulky? It is hard to make some of these 
more sweeping statements about these prospects from such a limited sample so seeing them in game like situations will be huge so yeah hopefully we can catch that next next weekend but for now you can always catch us on twitter at pair at the point or on the fhn.net we are there as well or at our website and we are going to continue to bring you some some pre-season coverage and then obviously once we get into the regular season we'll have some exciting content uh we'll be at a lot of the games in person so we'll kind of be able to live tweet and report from there and then i i think we'll continue to just cover what's going on with the team it'll be interesting to see how everything pans out without the start of crosby and malkin i think there's going to be some big opportunities for some lesser known players i just hope there's a couple fights break out some people do some crazy things to try to make the team because <laughs> you know when you have a boring training camp then nobody likes that so uh, penguins always have a boring training camp really I, I think i like it that way i'd rather that than, than a lot of drama but yeah we're excited uh, it was so fun to get back up up in cranberry and we're excited to go back this coming weekend so just watch out for that and you can like us on Twitter for, for more updates. You can subscribe on our website to our podcast. You can catch us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all those good places where your podcasts live. And I think that's everything from us this week. Bye. Bye.